Welcome to Machine Learning. Okay, I want to talk about why stock markets crash. The Lorentz equation is the vertical time axis is time, which goes from 0 to 5 in this plot. For each time, the third dimension in the perspective shows the probability distribution of the wind velocity v. The maximum of the initial bell shape distribution corresponds to the best initial guess of what is the present state of the system. The width of the bell shape curve um, quantifies the initial uncertainty of our observation. We perform an initial measurement of the wind velocity and we know that any measurement has some level of uncertainty. Here quantified by the probability that the initial condition deviates from the best estimated corresponding to the peak. As the peak decreases in amplitude and widens, this suggests increased uncertainty in the value of V. So what that discussion is saying is when if you were to look at wind and try to predict the probabilities of that wind velocity distribution, that it is possible based on a distribution or a simulation. So you can you can create a certain type of distribution that takes this complex uh, variance and called wind velocity and puts it into a um, a normal distribution. So you basically get a Gaussian distribution, and because you have a Gaussian distribution, you can make a prediction. Um, that's real powerful, and we and when applied to stocks, if you know the distribution, if you can get into that Gaussian distribution through a polynomial equation, then you can predict outcomes. And uh, what, uh, um, what you can predict is at some point there occurs equilibrium in the system, and when the equilibrium in the system occurs, that means that there's a consensus among the sellers and you have sell-off, and um, followed by a rapid decline in the stock market valuations, and that's what you call a crash, followed by a mania. Now, regions of dense uncertainty may exist in chaotic dynamics. Increasing the forecast horizon does not always lead to the degradation of prediction. So again, that's what uh, um, the second point is. You have this chaotic dynamic system, but it does not necessarily mean that the forecast or the prediction is impossible or that it degrades uh, the prediction itself. The English mathematician F.B. Ramsey proved that complete disorder is impossible. So even within chaotic systems, there is a predictable pattern. Every large number of sets, such as an assembly of financial price series or points or objects, necessarily contains high regular patterns. The relevant question is then to figure out how many stars, numbers, or figures are required to guarantee a certain desired pattern. Okay, so again, I'm going to go back to that simulation problem of the Gaussian distribution in statistics where if you can take um, and, and get a distribution that is Gaussian, it's not skewed to the left or right, and it's not tall or short, 
then you can have a pattern within that chaotic system. The question is, is how many sampling points do you have to have in order to make that prediction? So he says, how do you, how probability is to find a certain pattern in a given set? 50 of 400 week intervals, 1910 to 1996 was chosen at random. The terms of the fit parameters with three crashes in 1929, 62, and 87. The probability that the log periodic component results from chance is about less than 1 in 20. When you talk about log periodic component, again, that is very similar to logistic regression. It That means that given these crashes and given the data that probabilities can be put into the system to predict when uh, a crash could occur. I was looking at some of this uh, deep learning that's been used now to analyze the possibility of, of a, another recession or probability of recession within a certain time band or a year time band, and it's pretty accurate. I mean, we go about six to eight years, and the last big recession was probably 2016, so uh, maybe 2024, we're going to see another large recession. That's my prediction, that based on these probabilities that the machines were are already predicting when it thinks based on the energy in the system, um, whether that you've had a, a violent bull market or uh, spawned by silver and gold, or you're in a violent bear market, which may follow. And I'll, I'm going to cover that in another podcast of that pattern. Okay. The law of one price states that two assets should sell for the same price. Okay, this is very similar to market basket analysis. Probabilities, we look at uh, one one product and, you know, do people buy the second product? And then we can put it into an apiary and then we can calculate probabilities of it occurring. We get support, we get lift, we get confidence, we get conviction. And so this law of one price is can be applied to any asset. Um, if the price differs in two markets, a profitable opportunity arises to sell the asset where it is overpriced and buy where it's underpriced. That's called that's called uh, um, arbitrage. Clear, clearly, a noise-free stock market with all information available, occupied by fully rational traders of infinite analysis abilities, ha- would have a small trade volume, if any. Well, yeah, it doesn't happen. The stock market's very noisy, lots of um, randomness in it. However, simulation does not necessarily imply randomness. And so what is happening here, why stock markets are crash, is that they've created a statistical simulation based on a Gaussian distribution, and they're making a uh, probability based on certain assumptions of crashes and crash profiles in their energy systems and equilibrium. They put that into an equation that closely matches the pattern of the stock market and so even though there's lots of noise in daily transactions, the overall trend is not very noisy and uh, the system is very quiet. A uh, significant number of traders exhibit rational behavior. 
information is incomplete and the stock traders have limited abilities with respect to analyzing the available information. The markets become rational if there are many heterogeneous agents working on a limited information. That's called equilibrium. What's happening is you're going to get consensus, and once there's consensus, you get a crash. Perfectly rational investors won out, not because it was perfect, but because it was useful. The machinery behind market rationality is that each investor using the market to serve his or her own self-interest unwittingly makes price, prices reflect the investor's information and analysis. Yeah, and so they use that information and analysis to draw their conclusions, and they do that in the group. Um, consensus occurs as they draw uh, similar conclusions. The irrationality should be studied concerning how they aggregate in the complex, long-lasting, repetitive, and subtle environment of the market. What makes a share in a company valuable? It's its earnings. Okay, so everything comes back to earnings. Earnings dictate the price. So you can never get away from uh, earnings as to the reflection of the price. Even if it's a startup, it's always based on future expectations of earnings or current uh, or current earnings reflecting in the price. And at some point, uh, if that price-earning ratio gets too far away, there is a correction back to the mean or a repentance process is occurring. It is earnings which provide dividends and potential appreciation which gives rise to capital gains. Goldstone modes are the zero energy infinite wave mode fluctuations that attempt to restore broken symmetry. Yeah, you can't you can't get away from that. This is uh, financial physics and that symmetry will not be broken. So the value of this that company is based on its uh, earnings. So you look at that and you look at a company and look at the earnings and now whether they keep the earnings in the company and grow it or they pay it to the investors uh, is a strategic move by the company. But at the same time, if they're not getting more wealthy and growing, then uh, the company's symmetry is broken. Value today is equal to its expected value tomorrow, discounted by the discount factor. In the bubble component, there is not a dividend. The bubble is playing the role of the Goldstein, Goldstone mode. The bubble price can wander up or down in limit where it becomes very large in absolute value, dominated over the fundamental price, restoring the independence of the price with respect to dividend. Goldstone's modes appear spontaneous since it has no energy cost. The rational bubble can be spontaneous without any dividend. There is competition between the increasing growth of the company and the decreasing impact of dividend further in the future due to the effect of the discount factor. The increasing growth of dividends tends to raise prices. That's the universal price. That's the universal rule. Rule number one with stocks is that dividends uh, raise price. Dividends are reduced to the risk-adjusted growth rate. When the risk-adjusted growth rate becomes equal or larger than the discount rate, the fundamental valuation formula becomes meaningless. Yeah, and the reason he's pointing that out is that discount 
right um, explains whether or not the market's getting the information that it needs to in order to uh, decide whether to buy or sell. Speculative phases are often stopped by successive increases of the discount rate. So it does make sense that if the discount rate is going to rise, uh, the speculative phase will come to an end. And so when did it end? Um, in 1929, and in Japan, it ended in 1990. 1929, the discount rate went from 3.25 to 6%. Okay, so we now have heard the Fed saying that it's going to be raising interest rates. That means that the speculative phases of the stock market are coming to an end. So we will see a correction. And considering that we've had a, a serious bull market, was driven by silver and gold, then we will have a violent uh, bear market. The crash hazard rate quantifies the probability that a large group of agents place orders is simultaneously creating enough of an imbalance in the order book for uh, market makers to be unable to absorb the other side without lowering prices substantially. Cooperative behaviors result from imitation. So what they're doing is they're lowering the price looking for buyers but buyers are, uh, they have already seen the symmetry imbalance caused by the goldstone uh, over speculation, and now they don't want it. Cooperative behavior results from imitation. Our working hypothesis is that agents tend to imitate the opinions of their connections. A crash occurs when the order wins. So once you get uh, equilibrium, a crash is going to occur. In stable markets, Buyers and sellers balance out each other. Normal times are when disorder wins. When And we want that disorder because we want a difference between uh, investors and or buyers and sellers. And so that you can have, um, when a seller puts out an order, there's a buyer there. When the imitation strength K gets close to the critical value KC, a very large group of investors share the same opinion and may act in a coordinated way. An abrupt drop in price, infinite slope, K divided by KC, a crash occurs. New demographic, technical, or economic developments prompt spontaneous innovation in the financial markets, and the first wave of investors and innovations become, innovators become wealthy. When then imitators arrive and overdo the new techniques, in the ensuing crisis, latecomers lose big before regulators and academics put out fires. So when you look at the coefficients, we had crashes in uh, 87, 29, and 96. So we use the polynomial equation um, to do the curve fitting to the based on these crashes. And from those coefficients that fit the curve, then we can approximate the potential scenarios by appending um, parameters to the years for predictions of when those years are going to crash. And then that creates a profile, and we watch the profile of that curve 
And if that profile of the curve closely matches to the actual stock market, then we can know with a certain degree of confidence that correlation is occurring. There's a power correlation that is occurring. And um, we can predict the, the next pending crash is going to occur. No one can know the future. However, you can know uh, whether or not a correlation is occurring. And if that correlation, a polynomial equation correlation is occurring, then you can predict when a crash will occur based on knowing or knowing the year in which that crash will occur and the energy required for it to create disequilibrium or equilibrium. Uh, and then watching that curve profile, you can get uh, you can get that crash prediction very accurate. For a few weeks after a crash, a single dissipative harmonic oscillator with characteristic decay of about a one week equal to the period of oscillation. So there's there's some potential uh, looks for buying opportunities. It's oscillating, but it it's not enough energy to bring the system back up. The concept that emerges here is that the organization of traders in the financial markets leads intrinsically to systematic instability, which probably results in a very robust way from the fundamental nature of human beings. The global behavior of the market with its log periodic structures that emerge as a result of cooperative behavior of traders is reminiscent of the process of the emergence of intelligent behavior at the macroscopic scale that individuals at the microscopic scale cannot perceive. So again, that's what I've been saying is that the macroscopic scale on the trend line, there's a pattern that is perceivable, but at the microscopic scale of trading, daily trading, you don't see it. It is estimated that 25 companies that make up one-third of the S&P 500 index of the market capitalization earn roughly half of their income from non-US sources. So this the crashes will be a global effect effect globally. In 87 to carry the bull run, the market needed to sustain co- corporate corporate earnings. If not, the cycle of rising prices would wither. Concern over earnings may have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Bubble pathology Bubble starts smoothly with some increased productive production and sales or demand for some commodity or otherwise relatively optimistic market. B, the attraction in the investment with good potential leads to increased investment with leverage coming from international investors. Price appreciation occurs. This in turn attracts less sophisticated investors. Leverage is further develop, which leads to demand for stock rising faster than the rate in which the real money is put into the market. At this stage, the behavior of the market becomes weak, coupled or practically uncoupled with real wealth. As price skyrockets, the number of speculative investors decrease and the period of nervousness starts until a point where the instability is revealed and the market collapses. Yeah, and we just talked about uh, how that in mathematics under that Goldstone scenario that the speculative phase uh, decreases as the discount right count rises. So basically we can almost look at the Fed and say that they would cause the, uh, the, the next crash 
because of the raising of the discount rate due to uh, rising inflation, which they, they caused by increasing the money supply. Uh, pollution, life expectancy, which the best overall index of pollution level has improved markedly as the world population has grown. Food, there is a compelling reason to believe that human nutrition would continue to improve in an infinite future. Land, the amount of agricultural land has increased substantially and is likely to continue to increase where needed. Natural resources, natural resources will progressively become less costly, hence less scarce, and will continue a small portion of their expense in the future. The only reason why natural resources get expensive in a high demand uh, economy is due to political interference or regulation. So if you reduce down government, you'll, your uh, resources will become more abundant as demand increases. Energy, the long-term impact of more people is likely to speed the development of cheap energy. Okay, we've talked about hydrogen. You look at Nikola, they're building now the hydrogen semis. They've been starting that in production in March of this year. And uh, Hyundai has already been uh, building lots of uh, hydrogen fuel cell semis in Europe and they will start building that infrastructure and you'll start seeing millions of fuel cell cars just like we saw the introduction of battery driven cars. Once people start realizing that fuel cell cars have better range and faster refilling, um, they'll abandon the, the electric car and move to the fuel cell car. And basically the electric cars know that right now and they'll just replace the um, battery lithium batteries with a carbon fiber uh, hydrogen tank and adjust the production line so it won't be a big deal even for the electric cars.